0: This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Sex education at schools came to the fore earlier this month when it was announced that certain aspects of it would be introduced to grade 4 students. The outcry, especially from the religious sectors, was huge. Claudia Appleheim's heads up the Family Life Center Youth Services and Education for Living Department and is involved in sex education at school. She talked, joins me now to talk to me about this important but sensitive topic. Um, Claudia, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Claudia, you have said that you are also very uh, willing to take any questions from our listeners. So I'm just going to remind everybody that you are welcome to WhatsApp, on 061-895-1019 or SMS us on 34519 and Claudia is happy to take any of your questions. Claudia, uh, a couple of uh, weeks back the Sunday Times announced that there would be sex education as part of a uh, life orientation course from grade fours. Why the outcry? Cherise, I think the
1: outcry was really all around the the headline of that article. Um, The headline wasn't about sex ed, it was masturbation being taught to grade fours, which I think freaked everybody out and really <laughs> scared everyone. And the truth is that's not what the curriculum is about. Um, I haven't seen the exact curriculum, but the articles that I've read and the follow up, you know, the, the Department of Basic Education released a statement r- responding to that article and they, Detailed. Well, they didn't deny it, but they, they explained exactly how they're going to be approaching this new curriculum, which in my opinion sounds wonderful. It's been on the, it's been on the cards for years. I'm very happy to see it finally happening. Um, yeah, so I think, I think that the outcry, I think that that sensationalized what's happening, just the, the language that was used. And then I think it just stirred up what has always been I guess, strong feelings around the
0: subject because it is quite a, you know, it's quite a taboo area. So it's taboo for a number of reasons. And I think what we, living in a country as diverse as South Africa, there are lots of different kinds of taboos. Mm. There's religious, mm-hmm. but there's also cultural taboos. Yes. And every society has its own way of dealing with it. And um is there a right way to deal with sex education? Sure. You're asking the wrong person.
1: Um I think that... It needs to be dealt with. And I think it needs to be dealt with factually. And I think that we need to understand, I mean, we were speaking a little bit before about the world we live in being very different. I said, it's not, it's not even a different world. It's a different planet. The world, this way, how our kids are living today. So it needs to be understood that our kids are going to be educated, whether we like it or not. So, in terms of there being a right way, I think it needs to happen. And for me, what, what I believe very strongly in is, is that I understand there are, of course, different religious and cultural and personal beliefs around all of these subjects. And that is what needs to be dealt with at home.
0: And that, for me, is why the parent involvement is so important. Let's assume there is no parent involvement. Let's, for, be it religious, Mm. cultural, gender. Mm. Some people Mm. don't feel it's a role of an ex, a certain gender, to be talking to another gender about these topics. So there are all kinds of things that stop parents from talking to the children. And there's all kinds of awkwardness among children that don't even allow their parents to talk about these topics. Mm -hmm. So... In a way, we should be grateful to organizations Mm. like that for for coming into the school. Is there a certain age that's too young to be dealing with it? Because the the, the feeling, the outcry also got was was from the age. age. Uh,
1: So I don't think there is, but I think that what people also don't realize is that the conversation is different for different ages. So when I say to parents, you need to start talking to your kids about sex when they're three, they look at me like I'm mad. But, of course, that's just a general <laughs> turn. I'm not right. saying that what you're going to talk to your three-year-old is the same as what you're going to talk to your 16-year-old about. But what I'm saying is that it's not a once-off conversation. It's a continuous conversation that changes as your child grows and develops and learns. So for me, it's never too early to start talking to them. What you're talking to them about is going to change according to where they're at. So, you know, a three-year-old... You're not going to talk to a three-year-old about masturbation, for example. But you're going to talk to a three-year-old about their body. And you're going to talk to them about what their body parts are called. And hopefully you're going to call them what they're really called and not, you know, cute little names for them. You're going to talk to them about what's private. You're going to talk to them about why it's private. You're going to start introducing the ideas of body sanctity and body pride. And, you know, and those are the things that build... It's like a it's, it's building you know you've got to lay the foundations before i don 't know much about building, but before you can put the windows in you've got to put the foundation in so for me that's what when you're looking at when do you start you start as soon as you can, but with the right kind of information,
0: so you come in with the right kind of information you come into schools at certain st- yes, stages at with the school right stages um in terms of talking to schools mm-hmm. uh, Do you get parental consensus before you go in? And do you get objections? And if so, how do you deal with that? So, Cherise, it's, um, because
1: we are an external organization, it's not really, it's not our job to get the parental consent. It's up to the school. So the schools do. The school, they take care of that. They get consent prior to us coming in. Uh, if the parents have, really strong objectives, their children don't attend. Um The school doesn't make it you compulsory. Know, it's compulsory. It's not a
0: compulsory thing.
1: The school, the par- it's up to the parents. So we have often had times where, you know, there's one kid sitting out, which is also difficult because he kind of goes and sits in the staff room while all his peers are having sex ed. And, you know, I can pretty much guarantee you that they're telling him at break what's being said in the classroom. Um, but, parents, you know, it's their prerogative. It's their choice. They're not forced to send their child. If they have objections, they're welcome to sit out. Also, what a lot of schools do, not all, but a lot of the schools have a parent talk before we go in. So I go in and I talk to the parents about what it is that their children are going to be learning about, and they get an opportunity to ask me questions around the content and how we deal with certain subjects. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of just getting their own anxieties addressed before their kids have the talk. And then, you know, always there'll be a representative from the school who can also address the concerns from the school's point of view. So
0: generally you find a willingness to engage. Pretty much, yeah. And and, and Claudia, I mean, we had this little discussion before, but just to go back to it, your argument or the basic education school argument Mm -hmm. is the discussions are taking place Mm anyway. Your kids are going to learn about it. Anyway, Mm -hmm. and these things are happening anyway. We are going to deal with it in a factual manner. We're going to come in. Is it seen though as condoning certain actions? And I'm talking about higher school kids, you know, that Mm -hmm. you're coming in and you're saying, well, this is it. Mm. Are you saying in a way it's okay?
1: Mm. I think, I think that's the age old fear. I think that that's been the fear of parents Since sex ed started, you know, however many years ago, and it still is. And I can understand it. I can understand that there's a sense of, well, if we're telling them and we're explaining it to them, we allowing it and we, you know, maybe we're telling them about something that they didn't know of and now they're going to go explore or we permitting it. But it's not the case. And there's been numerous studies done that show that the more comprehensive sex education teenagers get, actually the occasion of sex um, of teenage pregnancy drops there's there's actual research that supports that fact so it's not a case of condoning, it's a it's a case of explaining it's a case of educating so what you're actually trying to do is
0: empower exactly, you're trying to exactly. empower the exactly. children as opposed to um, sancti- sanction
1: yeah, no we're
0: not sanctioning
1: we're not, you know
0: In fact, theoretically, you're coming in just um, factual.
1: Totally factual. These are
0: the the, the facts. These are the facts.
1: This is it. This is what it is. They have questions. Obviously, the older they are, the more kind of out there the questions will be. Um, But they have questions. Of course they have questions. And our whole thing, and this is what I'm saying, the whole, you know, why it's also important to remember the world that we're living in, is that these questions are going to get answered whether it's from their parents or from us or from the internet. And we don't want peers who who are getting it off the internet. (laughs) We don't want them to find it on the internet because we can't control the internet. We can't control what they're seeing online. So you know, uh, for me it's more important than ever before that sex ed happens in schools.
0: Also uh, Claudia, one of the reactions that I saw with regard to that article that appeared Mm -hmm. in the Sunday Times is one was the age, one Mm -hmm. was what was being taught Mm -hmm. and the third one I thought dealt more with areas around tolerance and that Mm -hmm. was around the LGBTI community Mm -hmm. and when we're talking about sex education we're not just talking about sex education we're talking about gender roles Mm -hmm. we're talking about gender identities absolutely. and actually what we're talking about or I would like to see being spoken mm. about is we're talking about tolerance yeah. and to me tolerance can be taught separate from sex education or not absolutely I mean is that really where we're going in I mean, in, in terms of gender identity yeah are we talking about being tolerant of other people's gender identity yeah well we are what other people are but we certainly are we are and we always
1: have and you know we've always spoken about homosexuality in our sex ed and our puberty talk and it's always been from the point of view of it being something that is you know we we put it on the same kind of level as race or religion or eye color it's just it's something that we don't prejudice against we don't discriminate against but that that as well, it's become a lot more complex and we're having to deal with it in a, in a much bigger way
0: with the complex kids. Complex in what way?
1: Well, it's much more nuanced, I think, than it ever has been before. Talking about gender identity and, um, you know, we have the primary school kids asking us, what does transgender mean? What is, you know, they're seeing Costas in the news every week. There are celebrities that they follow that are having sex changes. They know about these things and they're interested, which to me is a good thing. I mean, thank God. They're curious, interested little humans. They're asking us real clever, clever. These kids are asking us such clever questions around it. We need to be able to answer them and we need to be prepared to. And our, I mean, again, I can only speak for the way in which we work But our whole approach in terms of everything to do with the topic is tolerance.
0: Tolerance. And the other issue that I always think about in terms of sex education, which may not be fitting into that category, but is domestic violence, gender Mm. violence, Mm. um, and gender stereotyping as Mm. well. Mm. And these are really big issues that affect our society at every single level.
1: Absolutely.
0: And I wonder to what extent empowering your students in terms of gender... Gender rights, mm, gender. Yeah.
1: So we try, we try and do that more so in our high school
0: programs.
1: Simply because, to be honest, there's so much to cover with the primary school kids that we just don't have time to do everything. With our high school programs, we we try go in, and it also is all tied up with consent, which is also huge at the moment. Huge. You know, the Me Too movement, and I mean, it's massive. Do you bring so up the Me Too? Movement? Yeah, we do, do. We do. We try. I mean. Look, the high school program is very fluid, so it's also <laughs> whatever they. We have topics that we want to cover, but we also let them take us where they want to go. But we bring in consent. We we very big on consent, and the the gender role comes into
0: that in a big way, in a very big way. Do you do do you get feedback from either parents, uh, learners, or the school following on your project?
1: We do not always, but we we generally get feedback from often from the learners. Again, particularly the high school learners, I think they feel more. Do you do a
0: survey or no? We don't no, do a no. survey.
1: We we don't, but we get feedback from from them. They oh, while well, during the course, yeah, like mm. towards the end, they'll often tell us what worked, what didn't work what they would prefer more of, what they would prefer less of. It's often very interesting how at odds that is with what the school thinks we should be having. Really? Yeah. What yeah.
0: What is the kind of most surprising, I don't know if you can share on air, but like <laughs> what has surprised you made you laugh or inspired uh, you? Kind of a good news story, as it were. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I think, you know,
1: it's always quite beautiful to, and I, and I say this to my team, it's such a privilege, the position we're in, to be the people that are educating these children about something that is so important and such a big part of life. And it's so fun, and we get, it's just, you know, it's it's beautiful to see when we teaching them about puberty and what their bodies are going through, the kind of... Mixture between joy and anxiety and absolute, you know, terror at what's, what's about to happen. I can't actually off the top of my head think of anything, an actual
0: example. But do you get positive feedback where Yeah, I, I'm yes. pretty sure that many, many, um, many, uh, parents. <laughs>
1: And I know I'm one of one.
0: <laughs> it's extremely grateful um yeah. to FANSA for yeah. coming in because <laughs> these are hard discussions yeah. and sometimes it helps if somebody else has them yeah first and Some allows the kids to pick up on it. Yeah.
1: So what I often say in the parent talks and I think they all get cross with me is that we we're not coming in to do to do your job for you. So please don't think that this gets you off the hook. We're coming in to make it easier for you. We're giving you an entry point. To open up the conversation because parents can't not be talking to their kids about this they, they just can't be they can't afford to not be open to talking to their kids so we're coming in we're making it a little bit easier for you we're giving you you know we're opening the conversation for you and I think a lot of parents are grateful and I personally it's my personal belief that this is harder for parents than it is for children
0: I think you might actually yeah, be right. So so. To get par- <laughs> I want to get parents talking about this morning, kids. And two parents. Um, Claudia, we, no, we still have a few minutes left. And, um, I guess what I'd like to know is, um, I'm not really sure. Actually, I'm wondering if, no, we've got a few minutes left. If anybody would like to contact, firstly, are there any schools that aren't doing it, that have said no to you? Uh,
1: there are some schools that have said no. They haven't said no for moral reasons they They are schools unfortunately, you know the times we live in there are obviously financial constraints, so we've had quite a few schools that have had to cut the service or cut back because they've just had to you kind know, of courted. stop external services, so a lot of schools are doing it in house right uh, which for me isn't ideal, but it's better than nothing
0: right
1: um are you the only organization that does this? There are a few others that do it, but we are, you know, we've been doing this for 50-ish years, actually. <laughs> Honestly, we had, it started off, um, one of the founding members of Family Life Center decided sex needed to be taught in schools. I think back in the 50s or the 60s. And she had to do it in parks
0: across the road from oh. schools because she wasn't allowed onto the and premises. And that is so going into grown. our department today. Claudia, then all that remains is if anybody would like to be in touch with um, FAMSA Family Life Services or you or to find out anything more or have any questions mm. for you, um, contact details. Contact details. So they can contact me.
1: Uh, my email address is Claudia, C-L-A-U-D-I-A, at familylife.co.za. They can look at our website. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. And our number they can always just call and ask to speak to me it's 11 eight four seven eight
0: four. well Claudia then all it does is remains for me to say thank you so much for coming in and you're keep welcome. up the good work thank that you're doing thank you that was Claudia Abelheim talking about sex education